I think, like I was saying yesterday offline, I think there's a level of courage that it takes, right? To say, I'm not ready and let me prepare myself for this next stage. And I think there's a level of coward where, where people do these things just to please everybody else at the expense of the other person's happiness, right? Back at it again, another episode of Palm Wine Central Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. And with me today, man, I got my good peoples. T, what's good with you, man? I'm doing okay. It's been a long week. Tired as hell. The week is just starting. <laughs> okay, so it's residual tiredness from last week. <laughs> you carried it over? It's about to be an interesting week. Don't worry, the week will come on past like every other week. You know what I mean? I hope so. Yeah. From health to good years. <laughs> Amen, no. But Baziz, what's good with you, bro? What's up, family? It's good to be back home. Back with another one, man. I appreciate everybody listening, your comments, your weekly inputs, and um, thank you. Love you all. Yeah, so, man, this episode is sponsored by SITM Podcast. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow them on all streaming platforms and social platforms, SITM Podcast, uniform on all, all of them platforms. And while you're at it, uh, follow us and also subscribe to all streaming platforms and social platforms at Palm Wine Central Podcast and PwC Cast, respectively. Man, let's get the show cracking, man. No, like so, this. Has... You asked everybody how they're doing. How are you doing? Oh, I'm 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 wonderful. Um, I'm great. You know, what I mean, um, yeah, it's a it's a new week. You know, looking forward to this week's um challenges. Uh, last week was very light for me, so I had enough time to rest. Um, I started picking up back on my workout um, thingy. Been running three miles a day. And, yeah, running three miles a day, and as soon or later, I'll get I'll, I'll go back to the gym lifting weights, and you know I've given myself like the next six months right to do it at least five or six times a week, and then see the progress from six months. But it's a it's a thing that I don't want to stop. Like it's a journey that I just want to you know keep going with and and see how you know that it. Yeah, I'm trying to be shredded, man. So. Okay. Huh? So that's the start. Good stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They say a journey of, uh, of a thousand miles because of the step, right? So I always had been thinking about it since um, Q3 started, but it was just a thought every day I wake up in the morning and I would find excuses to not do it. Till one day I'm like, man, what the heck? You know, started doing those walks and then the walks turned into jogging. And then, yeah, now I'm jogging three miles um, every day. Hopefully, sooner or later, I'll start sprinting. How long does you to jog three miles. Huh? How long does it take you to jog three miles? Um, between twenty-five to thirty minutes. Yeah. So where I'm at now, like my neighborhood is shaped in a it's shaped like a football stadium. So the street is a one-way street, and it's literally shaped like a football stadium. So I do about six or seven laps a day around wow. it. Yeah. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. What's the motivation behind um getting shredded? Um, for one, I've been trying to stop smoking, so okay, that's like a new outlet. You know, I'm trying to pick up to substitute that because I realized yeah. I need to go cold turkey, so I need something to substitute that with. So I've been really I working, like yeah, mm. and then as well, yeah, for sure. I had a <clears throat> I had a little I had a little uh, episode thing in Houston, man, like because I hadn't been drinking or smoking much and shit like that. So when I went to the excitement of drinking and everything, I forgot that I hadn't been indulging so much. So my stamina of that is not the same or how much I could, you know, my intake is not the same. And I just went foolishly. I was consuming. And then I woke up 
the following in the hospital, man. I couldn't even remember what the heck happened. <laughs> I was like, yo, in the history of Vidrigo, whatever, no, this has never happened to me. The minute, I, you know, I slowed down, like, drastically, my body's like, I don't know what the hell you thought you were doing, bro, but let's get right back to business, man. You know what I'm saying? So, it's a, you know, it's a good thing. You know, it's a good, it's a good thing, I would say. Definitely. I was about to say, what's the motivation behind smoke? Uh, stop smoking, but that, that'll do it, bro. For sure. I think you just, I think you definitely just saved somebody too, because a lot of people probably needed to hear that. You know what I mean? I mean, <clears throat> um, everybody got their own individual, you know, growth path, right? But for yeah. me, I feel like I've gotten to a point where, you know, I got to let go of certain, I don't want to say bad habits because it served me right when I needed it. If you feel so it wasn't, it wasn't bad of a habit. To some people, it's like bad. To some other people, it's really not. But I felt as though it's the right time for me to carry it out because of the things I, you know, I'm trying to do and accomplish. You know what I mean? So it only slows me down rather than, you know, um, accelerate the, the journey. I love that, bro. That's maturity, man. The Bible says when I was a child, I did childish things. Right? But when I became yeah. a man, I took things away. That's exactly where you are, bro. It's good to see. No, for sure, man. For sure. I mean, lots of other changes, but, you know, um, bit by bit, people are going to see for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really speak much about, about those things. I just make them happen, you know, and then say, hey, see what I did. What you think? And go from there. But that's how I'm doing, though. I know some people will be like, damn, that's the most AK ever shit on the podcast. <laughs> well, appreciate the question, Aziz. Um, Welcome to the gym family, bro. It's a good fraternity to be a part of, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. T T T kind of created her own um uh, fraternity there, man. Hiking, hike the hiking crew. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but talk about it. <laughs> why would you just do that to me? I mean, I just I, I hike every Saturday. That's pretty mm. much it. Um, just it, to me, it's like just a time to detach, I guess. Uh just see being an environment that I'm normally not in, right? Peace, quiet, nature, while getting exercising. So mm. you go by yourself? Yes. Well, I've been going by myself for the longest time and a friend just recently moved to Texas and he always sees because when I go I make videos and I make posts and I go to different trails every week. Mm, okay. So he he came, he moved to Texas and he was like, I'd, I'd like to join. I was like, okay, sure. And, you know, we've been going, last week was the third Saturday that we've gone together. But normally I'll go by myself. I, I don't really care. I like going by myself. So, but, you know, someone else to share the journey, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm. How do you feel after? Tired. Let's <laughs> But mission accomplished. Yeah. So. Would you rather go a lot of people or would you rather go by yourself or just a handful of people? Like, what's the difference for you? I like to go by myself because that, that just, I spend almost every waking hour with somebody in some form. So that was my, that's my me time away from people but I, it's nice going with other people too i don't have to carry weapons on me 
going Nike. You know, at least there's someone else who talk occasionally, but it's good company. So I, I, I don't mind as much, but if I were to choose, I think I would go by myself. I can imagine a level of clarity after that too, right? Yeah. Sometimes I go on the hike, I use it to pray, I right. use it to meditate, I, or I just use it to not think, try right. not to. Let me right. pray. Right. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like that. Lifestyle things, I like that. Yeah. I actually did go hiking um, this morning too as well. But and it was a uh it was supposed to be five hours twenty-two minutes um in total. That's mm-hmm. about ten, no, no, that's about nine miles, I believe, um or so. And after three to four miles, I came upon this lake and I just sat there for the next hour and forgot that I was hiking. Just sat there, man, like it was peaceful. Like, I mean. I'm definitely going back there uh, again next week if I have the you know if I have the time. But like, see, I try to visit different trails um, on the weekends. Yeah, there's some weekends I do. I mean, there's some weekends I do Friday, Saturday, Sunday when I'm really motivated, and then that's something I just do Saturday or Sunday. But um, hiking definitely is a it's an outlet to the, like to like clear your head. You know, what I mean, you you one with nature. You hear those sounds. Uh, I mean, being African, you know you. You're sleeping at night, you hear all those crickets and things like that. Or you're walking at night, you know, the 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 sending to go buy something at night, and you hear all those sounds, you know, what I mean? and it's pitch black, no street lights, and it's like scary. So it's like hearing those sounds during the day. I don't know. For me, it's it's really it's it's amazing, it's fulfilling. And then being one with nature at that, it's like, bro, there's nothing else like that. You know, you really have clarity, you could think proper, you know, there is no pollution, like the air feels better, fresh, you know what I mean? So yeah, and then if you're doing devotions, for example, you know there is no outside influence. Like there's rarely even network over there, so nobody to bother your phone, right? You grab your phone, you want to go to the internet. Where's the network? No network. So you have to just stay there, being one with nature, and you can do, you can read, you can study, you can talk to God, whatever it is that you need to do. You know, what I mean, you could do it up there, you know, in, in peace. So yeah, hike if you can. If you cannot, take that walk, man. But at least. Um, from the professionals, as they say, put in 30 minutes a day, man. Put in 30 minutes a day. Some of yeah. us, some people die young because they don't exercise. Mm-hmm. Just saying. True, true. The one thing about the hike is the allergies I get after that. That is a bummer. But as Allergy. soon as you, yeah, <laughs> last week was rough. <laughs> but as soon as I learned that, Lurcy, as soon as I came back, I took. Benadryl, because I always believe, yeah, because otherwise I'd be dead. What is it? The leaves, the air, what is it? It's the pollen from the plants, yeah. You don't go with a mask? Man, I'm trying to walk three hours. Nobody needed no mask. I'm trying to, like, it's harder to breathe under a mask. Mm. I know that would help me, but it's harder to breathe under a mask, you know. I'd rather just sneeze and sniff through the hike and then come home. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, for example, you know, you're dating somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And you go for a hike and they tell you, oh, put on a mask because, you know, you're going to come back to allergies. And you said no. When you come back to allergies, are you sitting there looking looking like a, like a wet dog? 
are they supposed to feel sorry for you and bring you hot tea or help me here? I mean, yeah, I would I would hope that you're empathetic like that. <laughs> but see, would you listen, it's better than me passing out in the woods because I'm restricting my breathing. Granted, I'll be sniffing while we walk, but that's at least I'm getting some kind of airflow as opposed to, you know, constricting my breathing, I might pass out. It's strenuous activities, you know, like I, it's already hard to breathe. And then you have to put a mask on. That's just torture. And I know how they tell me, like, you got to stop going to the bushes. My boss said one, well, it's like, yeah, you get allergies. It's all that hiking you keep doing. <laughs> but I mean, I don't want to stop. If I get more benefits out of it than anything. You should tell your boss of mine is business or her business. <laughs> he's, he's cool. He's nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was good with you, man. Good, bro. Um... Since we're talking about fitness, um, I've been a gym freak. Um, I'm a gym guy. I'm in a gym probably every day. Um, gym bro. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I was just saying I'm in a gym every day. Uh, if I miss the gym, it's probably because I'm out of town. Uh, we created a culture, really. And um, the beautiful thing about the gym is um, you get to meet different people. And um, people come with um, their lives, right? Um, questions, concerns. And uh, for those moments, everybody's in the gym for the same goal, for self-improvement. So uh, eventually you start to see the same faces and eventually people get inquisitive when they start asking you questions. And um, you kind of get to uh, pour into them when you when uh, they allow you to in different ways and uh, you actually build relationships. It becomes a society of its own. And uh, it's kind of been that way every, every gym I've been to. So it's a beautiful thing. And then like you said, the health benefits make it all worth it, right? If I can live and look good, then why, why, why not? Right, definitely. Yeah, so, man, let's switch gears a little bit. I know you guys have been, you know, I know you guys have seen that um, <clears throat> the brawl that broke out in Montgomery, um, Riverfront Park, <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Yeah, man. Listen, I love my black people, bro, because we can take whatever thing and make the most out of it. You know what I mean? Like, we will crack up. We will create jokes. That will create everything. You know what I mean? Like, in a split second, I... <laughs> We come up with the most randomest things ever. But, I mean, I'm not going to say exactly everything that occurred because I'm pretty sure everybody's already versed with that. But T, man, what's your opinion to this? What's your take to this? I I think they had it coming. <laughs> because it, it almost feels like they've black, the, the Black people of that community were just waiting for the right opportunity to teach these white folks a lesson. And they saw the perfect, like it literally fell in their lap. It was like a signal. When that hat went in the air, it was a wrap. Like, <laughs> I, it was, I, I don't condone violence, but it was the most beautiful thing to watch. I'm not gonna lie. It was that dude, the captain bounced back and forth. I was like, it's on. <laughs> to lose a tooth <laughs> i have watched it a thousand and one times and then the memes oh god it's it's hilarious but i mean in all seriousness i think it's just 
I think probably alcohol was what, you know, was the, the defining factor in all of it, poor judgment. You know, I don't want to say it's the caucasity, like they say in culture, because I don't really know. It looks like everybody was, the people were drunk and like, for no reason, you just attack someone doing their job, but I don't know. It's just things we see every day with certain kind of people just having, feeling like they are above the law or above rules. So they they had to come in. I mean, if you swing your fist, you have whatever's coming your way, you deserved it. If you throw that first punch, I don't care if you're a man or, or a woman, if you swing, that's it. You deserve whatever is coming your way. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was definitely fun to watch. I love when I go out and about and uh, random things of life happen like that. I wish I was there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. It, it would have been uh, interesting because there would have been probably two things happening. Uh, the part of me where you have a lot to lose would have started kicking in, but the other part where they're jumping this man would have kicked in too. And sometimes I want the action. So giving me the opportunity to get into my action, especially when a man is five to one, that's a no-brainer. Right. I think the best he was um, seeing the team come off the uh, the boat and the yeah. camera, you saw them coming up, like, we're here now. Like, what's up now? He got back up. That was, that was dope. And then seeing the sisters go to work on some girls too. The sisters went to work. Yeah. Yeah. Some people left water. And then I can't forget the, uh, the steel chair, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he got arrested though. Right. Yeah, he got arrested. Yeah. Down on bail, yeah, but he re re revolutionized that chair. Right? <laughs> nah. We can't the kid that that swam the shore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's some hero stuff right there. Yeah, man. That's Aquaman. I call him Aquaman, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And the lady, and the lady that was doing the commentary is the real MVP. Whoever that lady was, <laughs> wow, right on spot, man. Like she didn't even, right. need, she didn't need two takes. It was one take, one take, one take only. Right. Oh, right. God. oh, that dude, the way he swung that chair, that lady on the, ooh, everybody was, it was free for all. It was a buffet. Everybody's getting it. Right. <laughs> There was one dude in black and white stripes that was gouging the guy's eyes out. That dude looked like he yeah. was forming. Military. Yeah, I seen. I was like, he gonna pull, he gonna plug them dudes' eyes out, man. Like, he was like, <laughs> so lots happening at one time. I had to watch it over and over again, and I just couldn't stop laughing. It was one dude that came with uh, no shirt on that knocked the girl, knocked the girl down, and knocked the dude down. He got he got uh, arrested too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though. It was good to see. It was good to see black people still care about each other. Um, the fact that they were his coworkers, it, it meant a lot more. Like it could have been any of them in that moment. And um, I'm glad that they they stood up, regardless of what the consequences might have been. Sometimes it's just good to see that people still care about people and that we still have each other's best interests. Facts. I mean, yeah. the way it came together, my educated guess is that's not the first time something like this has happened. Right. <laughs> That that unionization was too. <laughs> it was a little too organized. Yeah. Probably have done something like that, but hasn't probably gone physical. 
just maybe a lot of yelling and this time they were just like we just we just waiting for the next motherfucker that will come and pull this shit again yeah. <laughs> on I, the idea of having to watch somebody get beat up on a boat would charge me up so much after that boat dock that I'll be so ready that it wouldn't even matter about the consequences. Right. Because five on one, like that's, that's, I mean, and the funny part is he still held his own. Facts. It's like T said, man, it's like he waved a flag, you know, threw his head in the air. <laughs> <laughs> bro, like, like that's, that's epic, bro. That's yeah. epic, man. It's like, hey, my people, that's begun. Where y'all at? <laughs> yeah. Man, the dude who swam, man, he'll forever be my hero, bro. Because somebody said black people don't swim, but they swam to go fight. That's different, son. You know what I mean? Like you're not running to go fight; you're actually swimming. Yeah, he was with it too, like yeah. That was like goddamn. Like... Among all of that, there was this one particular dude that just stood there by the um, oh, what you call that thing? Like where yeah. you? Ledge, like where you lean on, he just stood there like this and he posed while everybody was fighting behind him. He just posed right there and like everybody's taking video, but he just posed and he was smiling. And I'm like, dog, while everybody's busy fighting, you're so worried about your pose, bro. Like he was so camera ready. He just was, was in the right spot. I'll look for that picture <laughs> to you guys in the group chat, but it was epic, dog. <laughs> I laughed so hard, man. But it's good to see like all the folks who are in the gym with, with that chair. You know, working out. Some people swimming with the chair. Like, hey, man, we're practicing for the coons, man. Like, <laughs> it's a yeah. thing ever. When he did the chair shot on the ground to the lady, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. The, her reaction, <laughs> she, she was already getting worked by the black girls. And when he came out of nowhere and hit her, I saw a black girl go off. <laughs> me watching, I'm like, oh, snap. He's just... No, I had to rewind, right? I had to rewind. I'm like, there's no way he hit that white woman with a chair. But then when he did it, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. But I felt really good. God, I'm sorry, but I don't know, man. I felt really good, man. Like, I don't know. Every, like, all the pressures in my body, all my joints that were hurting, they were hurting no more, bro. Like, like they felt so much excitement. But that's somebody's mom, so forgive me. But again, I felt really good. I just, I, you know. She had, she had that coming for sure, because she was an antagonizer. She was the one pressing the action. He hit another white dude. The white dude kept coming, though. He yeah. hit him like three times. The zombie kept coming. He must, <laughs> he must have been on cocaine or something, because all he knew was charge. <laughs> it feels as though, man, if you don't, if you don't take them, um, if you don't take them all the way to the ground, they're gonna keep coming, man. Because like, I mean, at this point in time, all I got is my ego, so you might as well knock that off too. And if you cannot, man, <laughs> I would take that chair and get back right at you. But after that black to do with the black and white stripes got at him, he started running on the ship. He tried to get away from him. That dude was going to work because he was got the person, then he cut out, and then all you saw was him running on the ship trying to get away. <laughs> I think. For all the police brutality that have been going on in this country, you know what I mean? And for all the um, racism and everything, that particular moment right there was like, you know, like all the black people watched, like, yeah, get him. Remember that part where, uh, uh, I don't know if you watch uh, Chris Rock's special, when he said, man, I remember when Manso was hitting on Will Smith. It's like, that was, that was my favorite part. Yeah, for the first time in my life, I actually was cheering for a white man to be the black man. 
hit him, man, sir. Hit him. Hit him, man, sir. That was the same reaction I had in that particular moment, bro. Like, yo, get these people, man. Get them, bro. Get you know them. what's now that you thought now that you brought that up, the white cops actually didn't stop anything on either side. It was actually the black cops that started arresting people that 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 aggressively took the do with the chair down. Mm-hmm. It was a white cop in there that was kind of like, what should I do? Who should I face? I don't know. He actually was, I got to give him credit. He could have went off. And they usually do. And he was like, yo, they kind of deserve it too. So maybe he has a black girl. Who knows? But he was like, yo, I'm with the team. I'm with the culture today. <laughs> he probably looked around and seen that man to smoke. He don't want it. <laughs> Even being a cop at that point in time was not going to help because, man, the chair was, <laughs> there was a chair. Not a... <laughs> right. Right. And I think the the best part about it was that there was no weapons involved. Yeah. So fair fight. That was the good thing. Yeah. I'm glad, actually. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Since that time, I've heard a lot about guns and stuff like that. So, man, yeah, I put them guns aside and, you know, if anything, use a chair, man. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, man. <laughs> we don't call no violence, but I'd rather take the chair than the gun. A chair will humble you quicker than a gun would. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. We don't even know where that chair, jet chair came from. Bro. He literally just uh, appeared in stage scene right and, and started swinging. That man, that man said, uh, when they said, do not try this at home, that man just said, scratch that. <laughs> We're going to do this at home, bro. <laughs> We're going to put all these people. Yeah, somebody, somebody has to take that sound right when that chair hit that lady. Has to take that sound and put it as an intro of that track. <laughs> but you know that they have it. They've made a song for the bro, right? It has like an official anthem and a dance routine, everything to go with it too, right? Really? Uh, oh, I find this. Uh, it. I gotta find this. What happened in the city? Montgomery Ball. The white people came to the pier. Montgomery Ball. Oh, I think I've heard it. <laughs> I was in the dance. Yeah, I think I heard it. It <laughs> is hilarious. Like, like wow. play about everything. Good Lord. It's like people just waiting. Oh, that happened? Oh, I got something for this. Just go see on the computer, come up with something. You know what I mean? But shout out to like AI, man. AI probably making people more creative these days. You know what I'm saying? Like, Take something that will probably take you 24 hours and probably cut in half and do it in four. Who knows? But, but yeah. Shout out to that security guard for doing his job. Yeah, man. Shout out to him for throwing that flag in the air, you know, calling <laughs> calling for backup and stuff. So it may be, it all started. I need y'all. That hat needs to be in a museum. For sure. For sure. That was hilarious. All right. All right, man. Listen. It saddens me to even talk about this next topic, but um, it's something that, I don't know, like as not just blacks, but as a black woman, you know what I mean? You are most likely about to experience this when you go to the hospital in some way, shape or form. I mean, not um, this whole graphic incident, but I'm just saying like in healthcare, right? Like, and she might probably attest to this as a black woman, like you guys are not um, given the best proper care when you go versus your white counterparts, I would like to say. That's a very strong statement, but I hold on to that statement. You know what I mean? I, that's my opinion, and I hold on, you know, and I'm saying that. But anyways, um, on Wednesday, um, 
Well, this incident happened in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, I'll just read, I'll just read a little intro and then we'll go from there. So uh Metro Atlanta doctor and the Clayton County Hospital is facing lawsuits after the delivery of a baby in July went horribly wrong. Right. Um da, 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 da. what went wrong when the womb was open, the feet came out, the body came out, and there was no head, said Dr. Roderick Edmond. So pretty much they gave birth to a baby without a head. I guess um she wasn't fully dilated. But the the, 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 the hospital claims that or the baby was it was a stillbirth, like the baby was dead already, you know, stuff like that. But even still, like Bro, like, how does that happen? How does a doctor, right, not know that, hey, one, is it still, I mean, the baby's dead, and then find either a C-section or whichever to pull that out, or two, give birth to that, and then not tell the parents exactly what happens, you know what I mean? Like, kind of like, take the head, puts it to the body, gives it to the bulb, the head snaps, falls. Bro, I was reading this thing, and it was, like, just so graphic, and I'm just thinking about a trauma, you know, that comes with it. So. I mean, see, as a woman, man, reading that article or hear about the story, how did that make you feel? Uh, speak a little bit about that. It's it's crazy, right? It so from the there's this malpractice lawyer that's with the family, right? So normally, typically, what well, according to them, what happened was like during labor. Um, she pushed and the baby got stuck, right? And the doctor kept talking. So the doctor delayed to perform the C-section because if the baby's stuck, the next option is a C-section. So by the time she came around to a C-section, she has talked and talked. Now had the C-section and the baby's head, you know, neck is broken, like decapitated pretty much head dislocated from the rest of the body. And then they hid the body of the baby, not wanting to give the mother. So she kept asking, when do they see the baby? And said they claimed the doctor was encouraging cremation, declined that they should do an autopsy. And so when the family were like, nah, they got to bring the baby, they had propped the baby's head up. And, and mommy wrapped pretty much that baby to put it in one piece. And then, like AK said, the head rolled out. That's when they realized, yeah. So it, they're suing for malpractice. Like this, I don't even know where to start. Because that, I don't know if you, that, it doesn't even, I don't know. It's hard you have, you would not even, in a moment like that, I don't think that you would have time to even mourn your child. Because you are more angry than anything else. Like, you cannot claim that you're a professional. And I don't even know it. I don't even know. Like, it's this happening is an understatement. It makes no sense. And it's a Black doctor, too, before it's a Black female doctor. So I don't even know. And they try to cover it up and they're claiming like, like how, how does it take that long to have, to discover like if it's a stillbirth, like I, I don't even know this just, I would be furious. 
I would probably shoot up the place. I'm just being honest. Like I, I would shoot up the place and just get arrested because at that point, kill me. Yeah, that that the story is very shocking, you know, being that a baby was carried for nine months. Right. You know, for negligence, you know, just a few minutes or hours of negligence, you know, cost somebody nine, ten months, you know, worth of weight, just like that. And then is the nerve to kind of cover it up and make it seem like, you know, or, you know, covering up and not taking, you know, ownership of your actions, of your mistake, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, me personally, I have like a, um, I don't know, it's, it, it kind of kind of hits home a little bit, you know, because it has happened to people closer to me in one way, shape or form. So it, it's, it's, it's despicable, man. I don't know. Bye-bye. Just go ahead. I think it's one of those things where it reminds you that um, the things that we take for granted, we shouldn't, right? Because mm. you rarely hear about stuff like this, but it happens all the time and it's never really publicized, right? And you you um, you overestimate or underestimate really that a human being is actually in the care of a child coming into the world and it could go right or wrong if you're not really, if they're not really cautious enough. I think it's a reminder to really stay prayed up. Um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's a very intense experience to have to go through. Um, I think uh, I need more information. I want to hear from the doctor, right? I want to hear from um, the nurses that were in the room. I want the why behind how this could happen. But um, pray for the family, right? Pray for the people that are involved that had to deal with that. Because who knows what that's going to do to them and that lady. But I the idea of um, being duplicitous enough to try to cover something up at the expense of trying to save yourself is where the uh, the criminal act began. Mm-hmm. People are people, they're going to make mistakes. And if you own a mistake, even though if it's, it's difficult, you can still respect the fact that you own the mistake. You wrap a child and then pretend like everything's okay and then it rolls off out of my hands. That's a problem. That's a problem. But again, I want to hear everything. Uh, I'm looking forward to the trial. I want to know what comes of this. And um, it's just a telltale and reminder that when you are giving birth, when that time does come, I have to be extremely aware and probably have to put some parameters in place to make sure I, I have uh, control over who's actually the doctor and the nurses in the room. Mm-hmm. So just more, just more money that needs to be spent for something. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about this stuff, man. I'm thinking about like all the chatter on abortion laws and all that stuff, right? So I'm mm-hmm. going if we if we put in stricter laws on abortion and all and everything, how come there are no stricter laws on child delivery, right? Let's say, for example, a doctor because of negligence, right, not communicating exactly what's going on in real time, and a baby is lost. Who is to be blamed, and? How are they taking necessary precautions to make sure that such a thing doesn't happen again? You know what I mean? If we are putting laws against this, and then when it really comes to that, and that and, and that happens, I, was, I, I should also think that it should be laws to also say, hey, you who caused this to happen should be penalized in some way, shape, or form, and not just swept under the rug. That's the scary thing about all of this. There's so many angles, right? There's the angle of the, the woman that actually was given birth 
how she has to deal with this. There's the doctor who uh, went to school for this and actually did made a mistake how she's going to have to deal with this and how this is going to affect everything in her life. Her life has changed forever because of this. Uh, there's the father of the child, right? There's the nurses in the room. There's the hospital. Like It's it's a lack. I understand why people kind of opt out of um, going to hospitals now and want uh, to hire midwives, right? And you they don't care nurses in their homes to do specific things. It's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, I'm paying attention to how this kind of all plays out. I want more information, but um, in the interim, I just uh, pray for the family, right? Sorry that happened to you. Um, and um, I feel even worse for the doctor because I don't know if this thing is ever going to be uh, taken from, removed from my resume. Mm -mm. I, I kind of see it ending in a settlement as opposed to a trial because, <clears throat> yeah, a, a trial would mean admission of guilt, and that's a lot of liability for the hospital to carry. So I think they'll rather settle and then fire the doctor. That's easier on the hospital than going to trial because that, that whole hospital is, is going to be tainted, not just the doctor. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Life is, this life is so fragile. You don't remember how fragile it is until major things happen and everybody's eyes are open. Yeah. But I mean, like, we see a lot of those situations. We, we hear a lot about them. We'll read a, a lot about them, you know, and all that happens is just people getting fired. Take, for example, um, the guy, the guy Fox who, you know, was spreading all those rhetorics on, you know, during, you know, Trump's, um, I mean, when Trump was, you know, done with the re presidential, the re-election, right? Uh, when Trump was saying, oh, the meddled with the ballots and everything. I forget the guy's name, the Fox anchor, whatever. He got um, fired not too long ago because of false information, right? Though he got fired, though the network say, oh, man, we don't subscribe to that. Has it changed has it changed what the report about the Republican Party versus the Democratic Party? No. Right? They still support the, the Republican Party. They will still support Trump regardless. So what I'm trying to ask is, them firing a doctor and paying a settlement, what does that change? We've seen that happen over and over time again. So how does that change? What do people do? How, how do people start? I don't know. Do you guys go to the hospital and ask the necessary questions that you need for yourself or do you just sit and go with the flow? That's a great question. That's a great question. I think this is uh, definitely going to shift uh, perspective. I'm always asking questions anyway because I want to know everything, especially when it comes to major life things. But I feel like now I'm even more, you know, especially when it comes to my own, right? So I'm probably just going to be one of those people that's like, we're just going to hire a midwife. And we're going to make sure we take every parameter necessary to so that everything goes as smoothly as possible. But again, like nobody, nobody's in a position to deliver and they think that this could happen to them until it happens to them. Mm -hmm. Like you go to the hospital to get cured, not to have to deal with a situation where now you got way more than you bargained for and you carry for nine months and the result is a decapitated child. People generally look at doctors for solutions, mm -hmm. not to problems, whatever. 
Yeah, I don't think firing really fixes anything. I think there should be real punitive consequences, right? If you do something like that, hey, they're saying uh, 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 embryos, are, you know, have human rights are pro-life. What more of a dead baby? That should be some kind of manslaughter. That should be manslaughter right there. Not just, you know, firing this person and taking away their license. Like, there's a loss of life involved. But those are things that the hospital does not, you know, that's why doctors have malpractice insurance and all that to pay that. But I don't think it's enough if your malpractice insurance gets to pay out and maybe you lose your license. I I, I don't think it's enough because that's equivalent to someone shooting somebody else down in the street. It's the same thing. There's a loss of life. So it's like, why is it why is it any less because it's a baby? You know, they do that a lot too. I don't know. It's the same thing. I think it was this week or so, a prison guard lost her baby because she fell into labor and they denied to give her off work to go yep. to the hospital mm -hmm. and had a stillbirth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what is all like what is all this pro-life thing and you can't like i don't understand is it pro-life is it just you don't just want people to have the right to do what they want to do with their bodies or like what it's confusing at this point and it's just disheartening now you can go to the hospital and ask all the questions you want and you can go and follow up as much as you want to be honest it's a greater part of your treatment that is beyond your control and you just have to pray that that day that doctor is not in his most human form. Otherwise, you're screwed. Because it only takes one mistake. And that's why to go to school for so many years and do that, I feel like if you make a mistake, like, it's just some professions that there's no room for error. There's just none. I agree. I think um, also um, education is so important, right? Um, I think if this was, if I was in the shoes of either side, the first thing I would want uh, to do, even if it was difficult, because there's no amount of anger that's going to change what's happened, is uh, operate in empathy. But then I want um, I want to, I want policies, I want trainings, I want things in place to make sure it doesn't happen to anybody else. Uh, I want double checks, I want triple checks in place where you're not putting all that pressure on one person. So if something does go wrong, there's a, a, a triple check in place to ensure that everybody in the room has an understanding of what's happening. And if there is an emergency, there's proper precautions in place to make sure that the best case scenario happens, right? And then the other thing is, um, once upon a time, I was actually preparing for medical school, right? Before I realized how long it was gonna uh, take. <laughs> but um, while I was doing that, I would work at different hospitals, right? And different pharmacies and hospitals. And uh, one thing I learned just going through that process is that hospitals are different from each other. There are actually some hospitals that are way better. There are hospitals that are known for certain things. There are hospitals that even if you get sick, you probably don't want to go there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Understanding like the culture and what's going on in the hospitals that you choose is huge. You, there's a level of ignorance that people operate in when they just go into hospitals expecting the best you actually have to know what's really going on. There are certain hospitals I would never go to. There are certain hospitals I would always go to. Like if I was having a baby tomorrow, there's a hospital I know for a fact that we're going to. There's another one I would never recommend. 
So just knowing, right, is half the battle, right? And then moving accordingly is the second part. But you have to put yourself in a position to know, especially once you get to that place where you're saying you're mature enough, educated enough, responsible enough to bring another life. You owe it to that life to actually go the extra mile and do the homework. Right. Because, yeah, you can, you can blame the doctor and say, yeah, she did this and that and that. But did you do everything you're about to to make sure the outcome actually was what you wanted? And if you didn't, what would you do differently? And there's the education, right? How do you teach other people so this doesn't happen to another family? Yeah, that's tough, man. That's tough too. Like with um everything that's going on, you know, the the pressures of that. Um a lot of clarity, right? Like in a moment, I guess, uh, one could say practicing um self, like being cautious of the moment. You know what I mean? Because for example, the lady already is already in distress, right? So as a as a guy, I would say is to fill in those those spaces that, you know, you really need it, right? Like be that voice of reason because our person is really in so much pain, you know, you're about to literally piss something out of them, like a big fat thing out of them, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what they're worried about. So you as the other person, be that um, sense of reasoning to ask the necessary questions. But that also mean that um, charity begins at home. What I'm really trying to say is, as a man, I will go out my way and say 99.9% of men hate hospitals and don't want to go. So how do we begin to understand what to ask, what to expect, where to expect it, or even how it's supposed to look like if we hate going to this place? That one time that we show up then, how are we supposed to know what to ask? Who to ask, right? Because sometimes it's like, you hear something and your brain is like, that does not even sound right. But because it's a doctor, you will just believe it. When your intuition is telling you, yo, this is not it, what's your next step? You know what I mean? So that's a deep question, bro. I think there has to be a paradigm shift in how we see it, right? It's not um, she's having a baby, it's we're having a baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as, oh, this is my child. And if you can actually reverse the situation where you're the one that giving birth, you do everything in your power to make sure that everything goes right. But that, that goes back to who you pick and everything else too, right? That's why those things are so important, right? Right. Because if you don't pick right, right, you, you run the risk of actually having situations that you're not prepared for and outcomes that you don't really desire. Facts. Ooh. What if you do pick wrong? <laughs> what if you do pick wrong? Then what? Well, if you do pick wrong, you'll have conversations like we had offline where you're talking about, I don't know why people are in a rush to get married. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't want to keep saying that people are rushing to get married. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's a that's a rhetoric that's been going on for so long. Yes. How long were everybody rushing? At what point will people stop? I said, but why is everybody rushing? So I don't think, I personally think that people are rushing. I think that people get into it for their own selfish reasons. Bingo. You know what I mean? Bingo. It could be because of finances. Yeah. It could be because of love, which has nothing to do with what really love is about. But just let me say, you're lost and you want to find yourself or you want to do as the Joneses. Or like I said, you know, you're lonely, you know, things like that. So yeah. in a sense, then, for me, my question is, if you've decided to do so and you took those vows, then why not go back and revisit your why you took the vows and find ways 
to adapt and move forward rather than plateau and discourage in and everybody who's also trying to find their footing into that space? That's a good question, bro. I think that the adage of misery needing company, it still will. It may be even louder today than it was back then, right? Mm. And uh, in actuality, what people really do is um, they mortgage their futures for decisions to please other people. And then they blame everybody for that. So because they're immature, right? They're still selfish, right? They really, they really are married for all the wrong reasons. They're not rooted in any sound doctrine, values, principles, integrity, or character. They do a bunch of things that are against everything that they should be doing. And then they, they want to cry and they want everybody else to feel sorry for them. I think, like I was saying yesterday offline, I think there's a level of courage that it takes, right? To say, I'm not ready. And let me prepare myself for this next stage. And I think there's a level of coward where, where people do these things just to please everybody else at the expense of the other person's happiness, right? Because now, even if you say, let's reverse and let's uh, look at why we're here, you're still dealing with another human being's feelings, emotions, and somebody that bet it all on you, mm -hmm. right? And then you can't quantify how they can accept or how they'll take everything that you're about to say at their expense when they bet it all on you anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm so big on, right? Just do it right the first time, right? Make sure that you're rooted and sound dropped and be completely honest with yourself. There's a lot of people that are dishonest with themselves, right? And they right. think that, that they're going to be honest with me. No, I really don't, actually. I'm not going to go out of my way to tell you that you're dishonest with yourself unless you ask me. But the truth is you have to be so honest with yourself that you have to understand where you really are. Mm -hmm. Actually, when it comes to being a man that is picking and choosing a wife, right, that is saying that I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church, right? He died for the church. So if you're not willing to die for this person, then you shouldn't be married to them anyway. That should be a question that every woman asks a man. So based on the doctrine that I believe in, this is what he did for the church. And this is what the word of God that we're supposed to be rooting in says, are you that person? And you don't even have to ask those questions. You can just look at their actions. Right. They'll tell you. And to add to that, to also think that um, there's a difference between not knowing and knowing and not doing. Right. To hear that, oh, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to do it. But yet you purposefully decided to sit in that space, that's crazy, you know? Um, but also think that there comes a point in time when, you know, like we were saying that a man will go and take a woman and go settle and make a life of, you know, their own to become one and things like that. It's knowing that when you make that pick, you made it for a reason. You took the bad, the ugly. You took the good, the bad, the ugly, and you said, I can live with this. Now, when you take those 50 steps, you cannot come back 25 and say, hey, man, I think I made a wrong mistake. No, the pressure is hot. Does not mean you jump, you just jump sheep. No, you you sit down, figure it out. Like nobody said the shit was supposed to be easy. You know what I mean? Like, as I think about it, like, no one said the shit was supposed to be easy. Matter of fact, it's one of the most hardest things to do in life. Imagine growing up with your own siblings. This is your blood siblings, but yet sometimes you wish that, yo, this motherfucker's going boarding school, some shit, so I can have the house just to me and the parents. The year alone, imagine you living with somebody who's not your blood and you have to wake up every day to choose them. You feel me? So it's like, you say maturity, that you get to that point in time where it's not about you anymore. And regardless of what, it's not about you anymore. Absolutely. You know how to make you happy. You know how to make you happy. So what are we, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, just, I feel as though we use words to avoid 
the work that we're supposed to do. Mm. You know? Especially in our single season, right? Right. You're supposed to be doing the work when you're single. That way, when you do get to that place where you say that you're ready, where God tells you that this is just this is the season that you're in, you've already done the personal work. Mm-hmm. They haven't done the personal work. They get into the situation. The other person hasn't done the personal work. Two people, right, create a car crash, right? Nobody's happy. And then they're all looking at each other like, why are we still here? Then they, then they create life. And the children have to deal with that too. So not only are you selfish, you hurt the person that you married, then you hurt the people that you created. Instead of being mature enough to co-create a lifestyle, right? Where you can actually have effective communication, right? You can actually voice your opinions, can actually get to a place where you can actually hear each other, right? And not talk over each other, right? Can actually like each other and begin to understand what love really is and selflessness really is. Uh-huh. The opposite happens. Yeah. And then it happens over and over again. And that's what the world tells us is marriage is. Then they tell you that's not married. Well, you shouldn't be doing it. No, you shouldn't have been doing it. <laughs> that's the point. Right. My situation is not going to be your situation because I actually understand what marriage really is. I got this question. As a man, right, Aziz? Yes. You grew up. Wait, you have, how many siblings do you have? Uh, four of us total. Uh, how many boys? How many girls? Uh, two and two. Two and two. Okay, perfect. So you grow up. There's that notion in the house as kids that oh, um, it's the woman's place to cook. It's the woman's place to do X, Y, and Z. It's the man's place to do X, Y, and Z. But yet, you still find yourself transi- transitioning into all like what was said that you're not supposed to do, right in your household, and you're doing it. You feel me? But that's just what is said by the people who came before us. But as we grow, we formulate our own mentality of what life is, of, of, of what we want for ourselves. My question there is, if you've been doing the dishes at home, you've been doing laundry, hell, you've been cooking, you get married, how come all of these things become a problem? Why did it suddenly become a problem? Why did it suddenly become something that, like a taboo? Like, oh man, I don't think I could do this. Oh, you cannot help. You know, with uh, those- because- it's a good question. It's because people's definition of marriage is flawed. They don't understand that marriage is actually supposed to make you a better Christian, right? So they go into marriage thinking how to serve them. When you're actually supposed to go into marriage expecting to serve. Uh, there's a great friend of mine. Um, he's a pastor, too. He says, um, in my marriage, all I do is wash feet every day. And what he's really saying is that I get on my knees and I make sure that my wife and children know that I'm willing to do everything and everything in my power to ensure that they're comfortable, safe, wanted, and secure every single day. When we get to that place where we're like, yo, I'm willing to look foolish to make sure that you're happy and not the other way around, right? I want to be happy, (laughs) even if you look foolish, then we're actually doing it the right way. But it starts with men of God, right? Really understanding the call. Because whether we like it or not, it all starts with the men, right? If if, uh, women are submitted to men and men are submitted to God, if you're not submitted to God, then what is she submitting to? There's a lot of confusion in all of that if that's not the case. So you can have all these theories and you can have all these ideologies and these thoughts, but there has to be a structure in place that they both can submit to because it's bigger than them. It's supposed to make you a better Christian. Right. You're supposed, you're supposed to operate on purpose, right? The Bible talks about a, a good man leaving an inheritance to his kids' kids. So we're talking about legacy, right? We're talking about what you're supposed to be leaving. So you're actually together for a purpose. And if you really don't even understand that part, then why are you together? Yeah. Um, T, 
when you hear a man say, it's not my place to be in the kitchen or it's a woman's place to be in the kitchen. Um, I can't change the diaper. I'll just give the baby to the mother to change him or her. You know what I mean? Um, I can't make the baby's formula to feed the baby. Let's say you've had the baby for a year and a half. No, oh, yeah, and I have to just drink milk. Yeah, well, anyways, yeah, milk. You know, shit like formula, things like that. Um, uh, <laughs> and they're not able to do that. Is that fair? Is that right? Or is it wrong? What's your opinion to it? I'll use my case, right? Um, because every family has their own dynamic. So in my situation, I don't think that's fair, right? Because we're both parents to this child. Um, you're not a sitter, you're not a part-time parent, you, you're full-time. So everything except those things that are biological that I can do for that kid, you should be able to do as well. Let's say for some reason, God forbid, I am not in a capacity to care for that child, then what happens? So the kids are not going to eat, I'm not going to eat, hell, you're going to starve too. Like So it's it's a partnership that I think both sides have to learn both roles. And it goes to with the women too, right? At least know where certain things are and know how to do things or how, at least how to get what you need done on those things that the men, the men do the most, right? I don't know where that light is coming from. So like Jesus coming down from heaven. This <laughs> <laughs> um, one's just coming up this way. I don't know from heaven. Heaven is down like this. <laughs> but yeah just in case it, I, to me I believe in partnership right we can both know and then we can both we can both know and then we can delegate now delegation is different it just means I'm better suited to handle this you're better suited to handle this it doesn't mean that you're not going to know how to do something you know Heck, you know where the mechanic is. If your husband is out of town for a month and your car is broken, you're helpless as a woman. And so it's just, it, to me, it's the same thing. Know how to do everything. And if you, if I meet a man who says, this is not my thing, I'm running in the opposite direction because you are not going to be of any help to me. I think to your point, T, um, I think I was having a conversation with some guys a few days ago and I was... um. I think we're we're all around the same age and um everybody's kind of preparing for that next step. And I was telling them that um guys raise children, right? It's actually not a woman's responsibility to raise children, right? If she's submitted to you and you're submitted to God, it's actually your job, right? To show up every single day in that child's life. And you can see it when it happens that way and when it happens the right way. When men are absent, you can see the effect on children consistently. So we have to, that's another paradigm shift that has to happen. Like that's your job, bro. Like she didn't do that by herself. She did that with you and she still chose you. As a matter of fact, a woman saying that she's having your child is her saying, I admire you so much that I want to duplicate you. So when you do not take that responsibility, right? When you deny that responsibility, when you put parameters in place, right? And hold her to something that Maybe she's comfortable or not comfortable with. What you're really saying is that she made a mistake and she shouldn't have chose you. You got to learn how to lead from the front. And so many men are so comfortable leading from the back and the side. They have so many excuses. They know how to plan trips. 
they know how to go out, they know how to do everything but what they're supposed to be doing. And eventually what happens is that the women start retaliating. There's also a part where, where you have to be very careful about these roles that everybody loves to talk about because some women are actually better suited for business and doing things career oriented. So if you position her to be a housewife and really she's a legacy maker when it comes to business, what you've really done is block your own blessings. And some men are actually better in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you really should be present regardless as a man. And those are things that they don't teach us. I had to learn those things too, right? Because I started really looking into how households are being good households, right? Households that I would like to see my own children be raised in, right? When I do have that, I started looking into that and saying, they're doing something different here. What are they doing? And the consistent thing was the men were present in every decision. The moms weren't responsible for going to the games, dropping the kids off, waking the kids up, making sure they pray, get, doing, eat, making sure the kids eat breakfast. The men were doing that consistently. If the mom does it, it's an added bonus. But that man showed up every single day in every single way. So there is no worry about when she grows up, what kind of man she's going to end up with. She's going to end up with a man like her dad. A man that was present, that was open, that was honest, that taught her how she should be treated. She's going to end up with the right guy. And he's going to understand how to treat a woman too. So it's a man's responsibility actually to raise children. And that's the biggest misconception in our generation. With that said, right, what say you to the situations where, I mean, if you've, you've spoken a little bit about it, but what say you to the situation where you have an alpha female, you have an alpha male, and both of them are toe-to-toe with their careers, with their wants, their drive, you know what I mean? And they want to be with each other. Alpha women are created in situations of duress and stress, right? A woman that understands that she has a man, understands that she can actually allow that man to lead. The problem is that they really don't have a man, right? So they're always in a place where they're being defensive, right? And they have to channel that alpha energy because this man is not going to do what he's supposed to do to make sure that she feels safe, wanted and secure. So alpha, we love to throw that word around, honestly, but alpha is just a woman in the rest, right? She's only in that role because she understands that she does not have an alpha male. And more and more times than not, that male is actually the beta and the woman in a relationship. So somebody has to be the energy that's going to keep the, the family moving forward. And it's usually her saying, well, I guess that's going to have to be me since you chose not to be that. Okay. Okay. So in that sense that the man is supposed to be alpha 100%. I don't know what, I mean, I don't even like that term alpha. I just, um, I just say he's supposed to operate in, in his responsibility and role as a leader, right? Because alpha and, and uh, beta and uh, feminine and masculine, it's all very subjective and it's all very situational, right? But I do know that a woman knows when a man walks into the room and she knows when she has a man. Mm-hmm. So worry about who she's, who she is to everybody else. She will honor you and submit to you if you're that man that she needs. So it's up to you to create that environment for her to be able to feel comfortable enough to submit to that. And if you're not, you will know because she'll remind you. Then what happens when you create that environment and it's not reciprocated? If you create the environment, it's a guarantee that it's going to be reciprocated. But what if it does? As a matter of fact, she's going to go out of her way to make sure that this environment stays consistent. (laughs) What if it doesn't, though? You still have a responsibility to love her because that's what God says. 
<laughs> That's a tough part, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough part. If we look at the men that we know, even amongst ourselves, that that really did it God's way, mm. there's a way they operate where you don't see that dynamic, regardless of what the woman does. People always look at occupations and that she's this and she's that. She knows how to turn that off when she gets into the house with that man because she knows how to honor that man and respect that man. It's a reason why they said, why should you just respect your husbands, right? That's what the Bible says, respect your husband. Why does God put so much emphasis on respect? But more importantly, what does a man have to do to, to get that level of respect? Is what we should really be asking, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, 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 my naive answer to your my naive answer to your question is is because God did not make them originally from their own rib. He had to take our own. I do agree with you. You know, Tim, you had to say you had something to say. Go ahead. No. Oh, I do agree with you. Um when you lead. Right when you lead, especially when you lead with purpose and with love, integrity, you know, compassion at that too, right? Um, it's easier for some for for someone, anyone to follow, because the following and the following in truth, right? The following in 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 a space where there's clarity, there's love, you know what mm. I mean? But if those things are not there, it's a little bit chaotic. It's confusing. It's cloudy. It's like you're leaving one to fend for themselves. It's like, damn, this is a jungle. So, I mean, I see dad going this way. I see mom going this way, man. I guess I got to follow. I guess, I guess I got to forge my own path. But it doesn't really have to be like that. I mean, at some point it will because you grow to be your own person. They say you give birth to a kid, but you don't give birth to the brain. Oh, I mean, the, the, the mind, right? It's like they develop the mind of their own. So with a little bit of structure and, and I guess, uh, uh, guidance, Right, and it has to be purposeful, purposeful guidance. I remember when I was in college, man. I hated, I hated seeing my phone ring and my dad's name that appear on it, and that shit was every day. Like it used to piss me off, right? But when I graduated, I realized I'm like, yo, if those calls were not coming in on a daily basis, I don't know if I'd have made it this far. You know what I mean? I'd have probably been somewhere drunk or high as hell, just chilling. But because in the back of my mind, I knew for a fact that. Man, this guy will bother me because then I was looking at it as a bother instead of a reward, right? Like, yo, many people don't have this. Many people don't have a dad, yet alone a dad to be there to be calling you every day and reminding you, yo, do your shit. You know what I mean? So I look at it that way and say, yo, one might be lacking in this area, but you always got to give props in the areas that they are, that there's plenty because nobody's perfect, you know, things like that. So I don't know. T, what do you think to all of this stuff we're talking about? I think I agree with you that sometimes uh, uh, being a man that leads an alpha male, an ever-present man, you don't get to reap the reward, right? It takes an equal, it, it, it takes a woman as well who understands what it means to be submissive, what it means to follow, a lead to identify authority, to be able to, to fit in that space. Right. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time and you will end up the most frustrated man ever when whereas you're doing the right thing. And so it takes giving the other end of giving is receiving. 
Otherwise, there's no purpose to it. If you're giving and there's someone who's not receiving, then it makes no sense. So as much as we're wanting men to step up and be up to a certain standard, I think sometimes we're forgetting to let the women to step up into that space too. Because it's not just, it's not just going to be, it has to take two. Two cannot work together unless they agree. Whatever the case may be, they have to agree. You cannot be an, an emotionally intelligent man and you have you have a, a woman who doesn't have any emotional intelligence. You're going to die young. So I, I think it, it goes both ways. And, and I agree. Um, at the end of the day, alpha male, alpha female, whatever works for them too. This thing about family and life, to be honest, there's no formula to it, right? As long as, to me, as long as the end results, you produce decent humans that are kind, empathetic, you know, decent people overall, there is no formula to it. If they both want to pursue their career and whatever works for them, to be honest with you, it is whatever works for the two people involved. Because you would look at a certain family and like, this shit should not be working. But it works for them perfectly. You try that shit in your house, you guys will be in counseling next month. You know, so it's tailor-made. But I mean, to that point, if we drill deep down, the folks in there are supposed to be in counseling anyways, because it's like so much trauma going on. It is true. There's always trauma going on in life with a person, if you are being honest. There's always trauma going on, but it's just, with life, it's just finding where you fit, right? Where your, where your pieces fit. You find the person you fit with and, and you work it out. Even if your, your rules in your house fit together, your values align, you still have to work it out regardless. As long as it's another human being outside of yourself, there's work involved, period. And that works look diff that work looks differently for each one of us, but there's there's that work, regardless. So, yeah. Facts, 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 facts. <clears throat> All right, one personal question, but uh, not too personal. Um, before we close the recording here, what is one thing that you wish, uh, from a from a female standpoint, T, you wish some or most of your sisters would stop doing? when it comes to just womanhood, if there's one thing that irks you the most, I mean, it's opinion based, of course, but what is that one thing for you? And as this, we'll have a chance to answer for men. To me, I would say propagating the notion that you don't need a man. Why? I, why, am, why? I am, I'll use my case. I am as independent as they come. Right. But, you cannot in all, I mean, I don't think in all honesty say that you don't need a man. Somebody needs somebody, right? Because there, there are things, there are desires, there are needs that I have that unfortunately I cannot fulfill. Let's be honest. I can't. And but and but then sometimes we women we pretend because and not because it's how we want to act, but it's because 
you have this facade to put like, okay, let me not look like I'm desperate. Or it's like, if you look like you say you need a man, it's like, oh, you're not independent enough. Oh, you know, you can do what a man can do, what a woman can do better. But do you really need to do it better though with extra energy when you could have just had someone relieve you of that stress? So to me, it's just, and I know they say you got to want a person semantics, the potato, potato, before they come for me. But I'm just saying it's like this whole independent woman shit is, is, is out of control. And I think it's a lie. I always say <clears throat> you're independent, you're not independent, you know, because it's then when, you know, I'm looking for that independence and you're not sure independent, like, I thought you were an independent person. So what you want for me now? What you want to do now? What you want to do now? Anyway. I, I'm just doing all this because I'm by myself. Listen, if a man comes, trust me, I don't even know what a light bulb looks like. I would be a princess. And I am, yes, like this. I am waiting for my princess era. I am not with that shit. But, you know, you, I'm strong. And it, I think it's the same thing men do too, right? Like, you're independent, so you get a partner that can make you meals. And, you know, it's like, why would I go to the kitchen when, you know, she would do this gladly for me. And you kind of relax off certain areas. It's not because you cannot do it, but fronting as though that would not, having a man would not make your life easier. Now, that's just a lie. So with that thought, right, I should assume you're saying that you subscribe to gender roles. If you say anything other than no, you, then you should just scratch that thought from your mind. <laughs> I do. I do. I mean, so yes. I do because there are certain things, just because there are certain things a woman would do better and there are certain things a man would do better. Thank you for saying better. It's not about not knowing how to do it, but better and faster. Right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, whoever <laughs> thinks that gender is not still a thing, good for you. Uh, for me, I subscribe to it as much as I can. Um, I really do think that if I could take five minutes to do something that would take you 20 minutes to do, that's also what the problem is. Me in the kitchen would take me a lifetime. You in the kitchen would take you 20 minutes. So why should I sit there and, you know, be struggling? Now, if you are sick, please, I beg of you. That's a whole different situation. You know, I, mean? I cannot hold you to that. Or if, you, or if you're out of the... If you're out of the house, I cannot call and say, hey, man, I need my food, heat up, like, you know, things like that. I got to improvise. But I'm saying that if we're on the crib and you're free, hey, I don't see why, wife, you're not cooking, man. Don't look at me saying oh, this is equality because I don't see no equality in that. I see a perfectionist and I see a uh, 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 posh belay ready, ready, posh belay loading, you know, so... Which one? Yeah, she doesn't have to be sick though for you to step into the kitchen and whip something. You know, you can just surprise her on a Wednesday night for no reason. Yeah, I'll surprise her with tea. Are you normal? Are you normal? Hey, it's the stuff that counts, like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I appreciate that. But this, what you got, man? What is one thing you wish us men should stop doing, bro? Oh, that's a good question, bro. Um. First, let me speak to my uh, my brother, right? So my brother is actually like completely opposite from me, which is very interesting because um 
everything that I'm driven by in terms of uh, success are different from him. We operate on different metrics and it works well because um, he reminds me about certain things that really should matter, right? Our brother's very emotionally sound. Um, he's the person that anybody can call and talk to about anything, right? And uh, when things when things happen and there is a need for like financial, blah, 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 he'll let me know so I can take care of that, right? But he'll facilitate the conversation to make sure it gets done for everybody, right? And then he's very big on like um, family events and making sure everybody comes together, stuff like that. The things that I appreciate, right, that I usually don't give effort to, he does very, very well, right? So first thing is just uh, really understanding that there's more to life, right? And the people that matter, you have to make them a priority and remind them that they matter. And then the other thing is that um, money does not make you a man, right? Your checkbook is not is not a barometer of your level of masculinity or alpha or any of that stuff, right? There's so many other things. And honestly speaking, most women don't care about that stuff. They want you to make enough right to support the family but they don't want you to be a person where you don't have to be a multi-billionaire to be married to a good and have a good family and have a good life everybody should be okay with the level of comfort i love the um i love the quote that if um if god calls you to be a janitor right don't stoop so low to be a king right mm. if you're operating in god's promises right then that's all that's going to matter because he's going to provide regardless and we as men have to get that right, right? That's the first part of understanding that you're ready for that next step, really understanding your purpose and your calling. So you're actually operating in that, and then you can actually pick the helper that God really has for you, and she complements everything anyway. Facts, facts, facts. But you said something prime right there, bro. Something about, you said money doesn't what? Make you a man. Money doesn't make you a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you more know, importantly, if God, if God calls you to be a janitor, do not stoop so low to become a king, right? If you understand your purpose, right? If you understand who God calls you to be, you're going to be good regardless. Mm. You're going to make the money that you that you need to make. He's not going to position you somewhere and not give you the exceedingly and abundantly more. Some of the some of the most important people in society are teachers, and they don't make any money, mm -hmm. but the act that they make is profound. Mm -hmm. So if everybody said I'm just gonna go this way because they don't they're not, they don't make enough, then who's raising my children? Right? Who's teaching my children? Who's educating my children? There's a reason why you've been called to that office. And that's where that foundation is so important, right? If you get the foundation right in your single season, you don't have to worry about the marriage part because two people coming together, two people becoming one, they will agree and they will do kingdom work. You will be a better Christian and you actually will leave an inheritance for your kids' kids by default. Because you did it God's way. There was a question that um, JB had asked on this platform about if you are more happy dealing with multiple women or you're happy dealing with one, right? And you speak about owning your single season as a man. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how women operate in that field, but as a man, it's prime. I don't know about other men, but as you speak about money, you speak about respect, right? All these different things. It all ties into that owning your single season, right? Sometimes, you know, you go out and you go get, let's say, for example, you have $10,000, right? And you have your brother who has $10,000. You all start at the same $10,000. Mm -hmm. 
the next month, your brother is at 12, but you are at two. And you ask yourself, well, well, what am I doing wrong? I mean, we all successful, but what am I doing wrong? Right? And they get in the fact that one, for that, you know, since you got that bread, you spend half of it on bottle service, for example, right? But somebody will spend theirs on investing. Or you spend yours on pleasing Jane, Samantha, Ruth, expecting that, oh man, something legit is about to come from all of this. One, you're not finding no type of love within among these people. You know what I mean? Like you're not looking to say, okay, yo, I'm gonna construct here. You are looking to construct three or four different people and then expecting to come up victorious at the end. How does that happen? I'm still yet to really, you know, find that answer. It still baffles me, you know. Um, it's because casual, like casual, right? Dating casually, right? Sex casually, right? Right? Doing things casually, it really leads to casualties, right? And it's the consistency with that too, Yeah. right? And people don't understand that because they don't really understand what brokenness looks like and that they're operating in brokenness consistently. So what you really have is two people that really need each other because they're trauma bonding, right? And they're comfortable in their brokenness. And then they get together and they create even more explosions until they can't stand each other anymore. So things that everybody looks at as strength are really weaknesses in the kingdom. And the things that are really weaknesses are strengths in the kingdom, right? So a man dating multiple women is not a strength, it's a weakness, right? A man womanizing is not a strength, it's a weakness. A man with a high body count is not a strength, it's a weakness, right? But a man that actually respects himself can be respected. That's a strength, right? A man that actually holds himself to a standard and keeps his temple clean, which is the body, a body of the Lord's anyway, right? Should be respected, right? right? A man actually is responsible with his finances, right? It's actually not out every weekend looking for somebody to impress or spend on. Should be respected, right? Mm-hmm. A man actually goes out of his way to take care of the people that he's that he's been resp- led to lead, right? Is should be respected and honored. It doesn't happen that way. Instead, the opposite is what we see every single day. Facts. We see the guy, right, in the club, popping bottles, talking about his money, right, talking about what he's doing. Most of the time, they're not doing it because success takes real effort and work. And you can, if you really are successful, you can look at people and tell if they're really putting that work in. It takes time too, right? We see people that are always talking about the girls that they have, the numbers that they have, and really all they're really doing is reminding you why you should never listen to them to begin with. Because they can get to a certain point, just like with women, right? Where if you have too many bodies, right? You lose a part of yourself just because you gave so much of yourself to everybody else. Thanks. So now it's not going to please you in a marriage, right? Because you're so experienced that there's nothing that she can do to counter everything that you've already got, gotten. But what she isn't doing and you getting agitated or getting frustrated by it, you know what I mean? Or constantly seeking for, it's like that high, right? You need to re-up. Like, man, let me go re-up. Man, let me go re-up. Man, she's not doing this where somebody else can. Like, yep. you didn't you didn't set out to look for perfectionist, right? Like, if there was such a thing, then I don't think anybody would even want to be married, right? Because you're already perfect alone. So <laughs> why would you want to be perfect you would be? But yeah, uh, yeah great notion, that, man. No problem, bro. And this notion that you need practice, right? You need to have certain bodies so you can be ready for the person that you end up with is a joke too, right? 
Because if you can trust God with everything else, why can't you trust him with that? There's nothing that's hard for God anyway. <laughs> so you think he's going to position you to be with somebody that he knows can't fulfill you? That's an excuse. Yeah. I mean, I'm, and and to that too, like when you speak, when you speak to a lot of couples, you know, especially those with kids, you tend to hear them really talk about, man, like some of them schedule sex sessions, you know, things like that. And then you to ask yourself that at some point, it does, does all of that really even matter? You know, are you in the business to raise your offsprings and ones that you bring in? Or are you still in the process of, oh, it's all about me, 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 and I? You know, point. So. Balance is important, but there's definitely priorities, right? And you can tell where a person really is by what they prioritize, right? Again, um, I'm being a leader is a thankless job. As a matter of fact, being a leader is you putting everybody else before yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you're complaining about being a leader, it means that they've never should have been in that role to begin with. Right. And really mm-hmm. what you see over time, when you see women in a position where they're acting out in quotations, right, is them really understanding what that really should look like and them knowing that they're not really getting that from you. I don't really care. I don't care what kind of, what that man looks like. A woman will recognize a man that is a man, that is a leader. And we'll honor and respect him. Facts. That's true. Yeah, man. Anyways, all good things have to come to an end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a good chatter. Uh, shout out to you and you and you who's listening to this right now. We appreciate your feedback in advance. You know what I mean? We know you guys are going to drop them comments in, you know, what is on um, all streaming platforms or Instagram. We really appreciate it, man. Y'all keep bringing them comments, man. Bring the questions too as well. Sometimes we run out of topics to talk about. So I appreciate it if you think you have a topic that we could cover on or you would like to come so we could cover it together. You know what I mean? Hit us up. Number is 800. <laughs> hit us up. JK, JK. No, uh, no. Nah. Hit us on IG, man. You know what I mean? We got our very, 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 very beautiful sister T. She gonna take care of you. She gonna make sure that, you know, you you know, you know bring your topics and not just that. Vet you as well so that you can come on the platform. Um, we really love to have you. And shout out to all the guests that we've had so far, man. Lots and lots and lots of diverse opinions there. And shout out to those of you who are eventually about to come. Um, Baba, is there any conclusions before we step out of here? Um, Isaiah 119, right? If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat all the good things of your father's land, right? So there's a willingness, right? So that's a decision, right? And then there's an action, right? That has to happen. You have to be obedient, right? Which means that you have to turn away from the things that are not of God to get the results that are of God, right? So if you do it God's way, you will always get God's results. But if you do it your way, you're going to get the result that you wanted, right? And I choose to exceedingly and abundantly more that God promises, right? So do it God's way, and you'll see the harvest of the seeds that you sow, right? Choose to be better, right? You said earlier in the episode that you're choosing to cut off certain things, right? And all that really means is that you've gotten to a place of spiritual maturity where the things that would satisfy you at one point no longer satisfy you. And then God is going through that pruning process with you to let you know and remind you that, listen, my plans for you are bigger and better, right? Right. There are plans for the hope in the future that you desire and the exceedingly and abundantly more and the expected end that you desire too. So trust God throughout the process, right? Don't let anybody tell you about what you should be doing when you understand and you can hear God clearly and you'll get the results God's way. That's beautiful to put, man, because I sat not too long ago and I had zero interest 
in wanting to entertain or please certain things that was entertaining or pleasing. I did not feel the need to explain. I did not feel the need to want to string, you know, like, you know, you have, you have a string and it's like bouncy, right? And then if you string it, like really pull it, it just like really extends and it can't spring no more. Like, I'm the type of person I like bringing people together. You know what I mean? But at some point, too, I, I sit and I look left, right, like, yeah, to what end? You know what I mean? So I sat and I'm just hearing this thing and, I, and I've been hearing it and I go, yeah, it's been my way. Let me try something else and see what happens. And for the most part, I would say I've cut down the noise in my head by 80%. By 80%. Like, it was so noisy in there, so clouded. Now it's like clarity that like I can hear. I can even hear myself breathe sometimes. You know what I mean? And it's scary and crazy at the same time. Because it's like now I have so much space and every little thing echoes. So it's sometimes I have to like, well, what the heck was that? Is somebody around me or some shit? But all to say is just being very clear-minded and unapologetic about the next steps I take. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not taking it alone, right? I'm taking it. I'm clearly taking directions. It's not, oh, AK, let's go do this because you AK. No. <laughs> it's first of all, why? What's the purpose of it? And who is it serving or to what end? Then I could go do. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It was um, a few a few weeks back, I was talking to one of my, I know it was my barber. And he said, man, I keep, because I, I looked at him, I was like, damn, there's something about you that changed. I, I cannot put my finger to it. But your aura is just different. How you're saying whatever you're saying is different. What you're because I walked in and he's listening to like some motivational type things. I'm like, oh, this guy got a TV now? Oh, what are you even listening to? I'm like, what when did it start? Right? Because I didn't see him over a month. And to sit there for me and say, yo, yeah, bro, like I'm like six months into my um sabbatical right now. Like I haven't had sex. And I'm actually better all these different things for like six months now. And I'm like, damn, that's what it is. So how is that like, right? And he was like, bro, I don't know, man. It's different. Because I felt like every nut that went, a piece of my brain went with it. So now, <laughs> he's, like, he's like, so now, bro, I'm reading a book and I can sit there for three hours and read this book without moving or even blinking. I could care less what's going on on my phone. I could care less what's going on the TV, bro. I'm focused. I'm like locked in. You know what I mean? My haircut is $50 and I get it every two weeks. So imagine for all the other people who get it every two weeks and they pay that. That's tax free for a barber. He's literally like on his shit. And I started doing the math, counting man's pocket. And I'm like, damn, my nigga. Like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, this soft skills still matter. Bro. A barber would never go out of commission. Bro, if God calls you to be a janitor, do not stoop so low to be a king. You know what I'm saying? People perish for lack of vision and lack of knowledge. They would look at that man and they would say, I don't want to date a barber, not knowing that the six-figure guy that you've been looking for is right in front of you and has right. been there the entire time. Right there, bro. He will treat you better. He will have more time for the things that you desire. He'll be available and present and you will look right over him. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's not where or how somebody looks. It's the things that you, you, you're able to pick up or listen from that person or what to say to change your world, right? So I don't know. I always try to give everybody, you know, that voice to speak and that ear 
right? To listen and pick whatever it is that works for me and what doesn't. Hey, it is what it is. It's just another day, right? Yeah. So, yeah. T, what's your own man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes things don't work um, because we're not intentional about them, right? And being unintentional and being casual is easier. And I think that's why. And I think it's time that we are not afraid of work. Um, whatever that looks like, it it's it's different, it's harder, but it's so worth it. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's my conclusion. Let me know sound like a motivational speaker. <laughs> now you're right on it, for real. You're right on it. You know, um, it's tough going to get a four year degree. You got to put in four years. Right, four years, a six month certification. You got to put in six years, no, six months rather. Right, you want to give birth, you got to carry the baby for nine months, nine months, and then you're the father, you gotta, yeah, you gotta carry the baby too. I mean, not directly, but indirectly. I mean, yeah, you, 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 you get it, like everything is work, you know. Um, that thing about not being intentional to that's prime, you know, and directly or indirectly. It all depends on the individual, right? To dig, dig that deep down inside of them to figure out that, yo, I'm doing this subconsciously, I'm doing this cautiously, you know? And sometimes it's time. And sometimes, even with that time, some people still refuse to see it. So, I don't know. I just think that, like I just said, man, if you operate in, you know I mean? If, you, if, if you're giving yourself that, that, that chance to listen to, to what God has for you, then who he said who amongst us is, shall be against you you know what i mean because nothing i or as is or, you, or Terrence going to say going to change what god has for you so yeah man look, look at the trajectory of your life bro since i know you it's been like this right look at the things every time you cut something off there's a big reward for it every time you've decided i'm going to not do this you've come back and said i just got this and i've been wanting this so immediately he responds to everything that you're doing. That's where the willingness and obedience comes in. And that's yeah. what people really understand. They don't, that's real work in itself, right? It takes work to say, I want to do this, but I know that I shouldn't do this. So I'm not going to do this. And you think God is not going to honor his word and promises? He's not a man that lies. Right. He's going to do what he said he's going to do over and over and over again. And he will shock you with how easy it is to get you from point A to point B if you do it his way. That's facts. That's facts. That all comes to patience, dedication, hard work, and believing. Yes. I like to be intentional every day. Yeah, so, hey, man, like I said, good this guy got to come to an end. end, end, end. This episode is sponsored by SITM Podcast, man. Y'all know what to do. Go follow them, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And while you at it too, man, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And every super platform, Palm Wine Central Podcast, share this with your ex, your aunties, your uncles, your grandma, your grandpa. If they're still privileged, you know what I mean, to listen to our voices, you know, at this point in time. But with Palm Wine Central Podcast, we are Audi. Peace. Peace.